Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. The NFL season is nearly over, but the rookies continue to shine. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a. Will Greer's doppelganger, and with me, as always, is AJ Marshawn Marchese. I'm more excited about Robert Turbin. The the biggest arms in the NFL. Today, we're going to break down the most important rookie performances from Week 16 in the NFL, then we'll preview and pick the final regular season week of the NFL season. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Going out to Vegas, maybe. Looking for a young or a two-o. Don't draft a running back on the first day. Don't draft a running back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third or don't let's go seven rounds let's go seven rounds together let's go seven rounds forever and that's a song remember the days when you were always ready to go guys let's talk about sex good sex now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Um, if you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you when you use our special promo code, ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Also known as Seven Rounds in Heaven. Yeah, yeah, they know. If, I mean, if you're listening, you probably know. Maybe is there, there should be like a random fire thing on Apple Podcasts and other podcast like things shuffle like know. when you when you listen to music on shuffle. Yeah, but it's all podcasts and yeah. all episodes of all podcasts. Like and not even just the ones you're subscribing to, just all Ex- of them. exactly. Yeah, that would take you down some dark roads. Oh yeah, 
Okay, before we get to Rookie Talk, quickly, as I always say, and then we spend 25 minutes on it, <laughs> uh, we got some senior, by some I mean one senior bowl acceptance, couple of declarations, and a few guys announcing they'll be staying in school. Uh, starting with the senior bowl acceptance, uh, Wake Forest offensive tackle Justin Heron accepted. Um, I think they're now set with offensive linemen. They have to be, right? Yeah, because I already thought they were. Me too. <laughs> unless, I, I guess actually because Robert Hunt dropped out for the injury. So maybe right, this right. this should settle it now unless anybody mm-hmm. else drops out. Um, Heron, a guy who had some hype as a junior, got injured as a senior last year, redshirted, uh, and obviously is a redshirt senior this year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not super high on him. I've seen Nagy talk about him on Twitter before. I know he's, like, quite a strong athlete uh, and, uh, like, carries his weight really well. Kind of lean, yeah. actually. Um, so I'm guessing it's a big Nagy get, but personally not huge on him. Like, he's his best uh, trait is probably his footwork and his foot speed, but a guy who plays pretty high and not a, an overly aggressive guy, but a good mm-hmm. athlete who's got some pass protection upside. So... Senior Bowl, strong place for him to kind of build up some hype. But a potential late day three guy, I would say. Uh, Other than that, still no quarterbacks. Uh, Although, we got a big declaration just before we started recording. Uh, Washington quarterback Jacob Eason announced he will forego his uh, redshirt senior season and uh, enter the 2020 NFL draft. And he's a guy who could be Senior Bowl eligible. Uh, like Jordan yeah. Love, a redshirt junior. So that could be massive for both him and the senior bowl if he ends up in yeah. Mobile. Absolutely. And, like, over the last, what, three weeks, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, and we, I think we're both surprised he declared. Yeah, I, I I was not expecting him to, just because, obviously, hot start to the season at Washington. They kind of yeah. a lull in the middle. Um Obviously, big win in the bowl game over Boise State. Chris Peterson's leaving, though, so maybe that, that he's stepping down. Mm-hmm. So maybe that played a little bit of a factor. Uh, obviously, if he's senior bowl eligible, that would also play uh, a bit of a role in him declaring. Um, all the physical tools you could hope for. I, I know at points people were talking about him as a top three QB. I don't think there's any way he's, like, no. as much flack as Justin Herbert gets. Justin Herbert is clearly the quarterback three in my mind. Yep. Uh, and, and for me, Jordan Love's ahead of Jacob Eason. I like Jordan Love's overall physical tools a little bit more. Jacob Eason could be the first uh, quarterback of day two taken, I think. Yeah. If Jordan Love ends up going in the first round. But for me right now, he's, uh, he's quarterback five behind Love. Yeah, I, I have the exact same way, actually. Um, would it absolutely shock you if Eason ends up going over Love? No, no, because they're... Me neither. To me, they're both battling what, like, they've they've got the physical tools. The NFL is going to love their arm talents. Yeah. Especially if they show that off in uh, Mobile. The the thing working against them is consistency, uh, decision-making, poise under pressure. They're Mm -hmm. they're both similar in that way. They're obviously not the same overall type Player. of quarterback. Yeah. Um, I would say Jacob Eason's more of a classic 
uh, pocket passer where Jordan Love can make way more plays uh, mm-hmm. out of structure off platform. Um, Eason's like the the deep play action pass from the pocket type quarterback. Yeah. Um, but no, I would like based on scheme and development, like Jacob Eason might be more ready than Jordan Love right now. I just think Jordan Love has a way higher ceiling. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think both their ceilings are pretty good, though. No, I'm not, I'm not saying Jacob <clears throat> Eason does. I, know I just think Jordan Love has an incredibly high ceiling. He is such yeah. a great athlete. Yeah. Um, and Jacob Eason's more of the... Like, Jacob Eason, it's almost a guarantee at some point someone's going to compare him to the Ben Roethlisberger type. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just he hits the he's six five six six. Uh, uh, he might be six seven. That's the big question, kind of about him and Herbert. So I, I remember watching uh, Oregon Washington, and the commentators were acting like they're both actually six seven, but that's a bad thing, so they get listed shorter. I remember hearing that. That was kind of weird. So that's gonna be interesting to find out. Um, but Eason getting the the Senior Bowl is one of the most important things for him right now, in my opinion, to just show improved decision-making, improved ball placement. That's the thing where if people are trying to compare Herbert and Eason just because they're both big, big-armed. It's the ball placement. It's the ball placement. Like, Herbert is... Herbert makes jaw-dropping ball placement throws. I know it's not consistent, but he's just a far more naturally gifted passer in terms of accuracy than Eason. Mm-hmm. And I think Herbert's a better decision maker than Eason, but I, I do think like obviously because it's it's Burrow and Tua, I yes. think Herbert could end up being. I think Herbert's kind of in the tier two on his own, and then it's the tier three with the the Love and Eason. But I think Herbert could get end up getting kind of clumped in there, and I just I would take Herbert over the other two. That's what I and I, I like. There's a chance, I guess, for Eason to sneak into the end of the first round. Yeah, I, I, we're, we're so far away right far, now. Yeah, so much could happen between between now and then. Like, Drew, like the Drew Locke thing could happen with Eason, where there's yeah. like he, he's a top ten pick. No, now he's not a first round pick, and he yeah. de- ends up going in the second round or anything. Like, I'm just very excited. I really want all the quarterbacks in Mobile because I think that's the perfect place to kind of gauge how far apart they are from each other. Yeah, I think like honestly, I think it's a smart move for Easton too because we talk about like the the weakness of that kind of middle group, right? Yes. Like a- after Jordan. Well, Love, now I mean, now that would... Love and Easton have declared, it's yeah. it's one of the better quarterback classes in a while. Like I would say the <laughs> yeah. the quarterback class is one of the strongest positions in the in the draft. Mm-hmm. But like we talk about like the lack of a day two guy. But now right now, now with potentially like Love Easton. Yes. Hurts, Gordon. It's a very strong, like, one through seven quarterback mm-hmm. class. Yep. Yep. And then a- after that, it's pretty wide open. I'm going to be a Jake Lutton stand. I'm I'm not even lying. Like, that's the guy. If I'm taking a quarterback late day three, I'm not lying. I would probably take Bryce Perkins, Jake Lutton. Those are my guess. There's some real, like, like quiet NFL lover. I, I yeah, I was doing. A, I know this is super off topic. Well, I mean, he's Pac twelve and he's over six five. So is it that far, far off topic? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um, but yeah, like Lutton's very interesting. Also, hey. I just realized we just fully ignoring the fact that Jake Fromm could still declare. Oh yeah, it doesn't feel like he's going to. I, I know, but I mean, it didn't feel like Eason was. I just, sure. I just, in my mind, he is announced he's gone back to school. That's why yeah. every time we talk to the quarterbacks, I kind of forget to mention it. 
And we were doing that with Eason too. So yeah, we definitely were. Uh, hey, how about Cole McDonald's game, Rob? He's he's the guy. He's the developmental guy. Cole McDonald's gonna go back to Hawaii and have the greatest season in Hawaii history. Shout out Cole Brennan. Shout out Cole. Uh, a couple more declarations. Appalachian State running back Darrington Evans, my guy, has officially declared. Coming, I think we we also said we would, we'd be surprised to see him come out. Yeah, <laughs> coming off a big bowl game, had a really yeah. great season for App State. Uh, I've talked about it before. I think he can be the perfect day three satellite back. Mm-hmm. Could be a return man. Uh, catch the uh, ball really naturally out of the backfield and an explosive playmaker. He's Chris Thompson. I'm telling you, this is like fifth, sixth, seventh round comes around. That's my yeah. guy. Fair enough. Uh, also, another group of five guy who I really, really like, Ezra Cleveland, the Boise State left tackle. Now he is yeah. the player. Who kind of got overlooked all year? I think part of it, it was kind of a weird Boise State season where yeah. they weren't bad, obviously. They were ranked, but it wasn't a classic, like, consistently top 15, top mm-hmm. 20 Boise State team. They had a bunch of injuries at quarterback. Yeah. Like, outside of, like, Curtis Weaver talk, they weren't really mentioned all that much in general. Um, Cleveland's a weird one, though, because he's a guy who is, like, the questions are going to be about his length. Yeah. Like, I think he's a very strong pass protector, but does he have the length to stick out there at tackle, or is he a guard at the next level? Um, And he also plays a little bit high. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the greatest athlete in the world, but he he's a guy who I think uh, the combine's going to be big for figuring out if he's a guard or a tackle. I still think he's a day t- potential day two pick, though. Yeah, fair enough. I think I had him like in the fourth. I, I liked him, too. I was just kind of surprised that he was so over, under the radar all year. Yeah, well, it doesn't help that it's a, such a talented tackle class, yeah. and it yeah. feels like every good tackle is declared. Yeah, I true. think the only one we're really waiting on is... <laughs> Well, I guess neither Alabama tackle is declared, have they? No. I just, in my mind, they have. Tristan Wirfs has a, Here I am lying, pretending everyone's declared just because in my head they have. Yeah, Leatherwood, Wills, uh, Wirfs all haven't declared. Austin Jackson hasn't declared. Here we are. Maybe, uh, maybe none of them do. Yeah, fuck. That's a good point. Like, uh, I think Wirfs is the most likely to go back. Is that fair to say? I think so. Because there's yeah. been rumblings, but I just assume both Alabama guys are coming out. And people are quickly finding out Jedrick Wills is actually offensive tackle one. Yeah. My boy. Uh, couple By a couple, I mean two wide receivers announced they'll be heading back to school. Uh, Houston receiver Marquez Stevenson. And I didn't know if he was a big enough name to really stick here, but he's a guy we talked about over the summer. Both mm-hmm. kind of liked uh, him and D.R. King were kind of potentially the top QB receiver duo in the group of five. Obviously, that season didn't pan out as yeah. some expected. Uh, Stevenson, an interesting group of five guy to watch next year uh, as a senior. Yeah, for sure. Big time speed. And then Clemson receiver Amari Rogers. Not shocking that he's returning. Uh, obviously came back from a torn ACL in like six months. Yeah. Immediately made an impact this year as Clemson's slot. Could put up huge numbers next year with T. Higgins gone, it being him him and Justin Ross on the outside. Yeah. Um, I think he he's a he's a really fun receiver to watch. Kind of in that, like he he's built like a running back, kind of like yeah. the Golden Tate, Debo Samuel type of build, and does a ton of damage after the catch. So yeah. I'm excited to see him back at Clemson next year with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and that's it for now. As uh, as a bowl games go by, though, we're obviously obviously the three guys who declared just finished up playing in their bowl mm-hmm. games this past week, and 
We're going to get, I'm sure we're going to have a ton of guys to talk about uh, declaration wise next week after all the bowls. For sure. Yeah. Um, but moving on to, to rookie talk, specifically rookie QB talk, we had eight rookie quarterbacks start this week. Whoa. That's an That's insane number. It is. Uh, especially considering two are undrafted. One was a six-round pick. One was a, uh, a third-round pick. One was a second-round pick. It's true. And three were first-round picks. Uh, <laughs> let's start chronologically, of course, as we do. Uh, Gardner Minshew against the Falcons threw for buck eighty-one to score. Really struggled. The team struggled yeah. in general. Uh, they obviously fired Tom Coughlin, uh, looking to bring in a, probably a new GM, I would expect, this offseason. Caldwell's finally out, and I would assume Doug Marone's out. Shad Khan's going to kind of put this thing together how he wants it. Um, I I don't know what the move is for the Jaguars, especially with all the quarterbacks declaring that there might actually be a guy on day two they could take. Yeah. It kind of depends how they handle the Nick Foles things. But the more we see of Minshew, I think the more we think he's probably just a high-end backup. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, Khan hasn't said yet that they're going to clean the house, but you got to assume they are, right? Yeah, I, I would hope so. I think it would be really a really poor decision to bring back Agreed. Caldwell and Marone. Uh, Agreed. But I, I do think if they bring in, uh, like, when they likely bring in a new GM and staff – I don't hate the idea of just rolling with Foles and Minshew again next year and spending this year's draft capital because they have two first-round picks um, on just more speed and playmakers on both sides of the ball and then looking towards Mm -hmm. the 2021 NFL draft, which, I mean, if they're bad enough, they could end up with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Yeah, I I feel like that's going to be the plan, but you never know when it's a new regime coming in. For sure. But to me, unless one of the... The top quarterbacks falls to them slip a bit yeah. yeah like i would i would feel more comfortable just roll out the fulls i know it's throwing away a season in theory but i just think that's the safer bet no i i agree with you uh it's be interesting but though. yeah Minshew did not look very good um no but again high end backup is clearly what his skill set screams uh speaking of high end backup that's not will greer's future or is it? No. Will Greer looked terrible against the Colts through three picks in his uh, NFL debut. Um, now we know why they uh, refused to go to Will Greer for so long. Because yeah. although Kyle Allen's clearly on NFL starter, he could be a high-end backup for a while. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not like Allen's been great either, but Will Greer was very, very not good. Well, Allen at least has been – it's totally inconsistent, but he's had games where it's flashes. like – Yeah, yeah. that at least had like some people thinking he should replace Cam Newton. The silly, people, the silly yeah. people, but at least they'd be like, he threw four touchdowns in a game. I don't know if that's yeah, something like, Will Greer will ever do. <laughs> the flashes of a high-end backup, like you said. Um, yeah, Will Greer was not good. The, I don't know why they took him where they did still. No, that looks so silly now. Uh, which also makes the people who thought he was a first-round pick look insane. Uh, I, I think he was always pretty clearly a, a fourth-round fifth yeah. round type of quarterback um it is it's especially sad because the Colts defense isn't that great this year pretty inconsistent defense and yeah. Will Greer didn't even have at really any point show anything in this game 
like we talked about um, when we kind of previewed this game that like the Colts got absolutely torn about apart by Drew Brees last week, right? Yep, twenty nine of thirty. Yeah, the secondary looked completely hapless. She's like, you know what? This might be good for Will Greer to get his first test in the NFL against the secondary, uh, and it wasn't good for Will Greer up. Yeah, uh, it was bad. I don't. I mean, there's no reason to go back to Kyle Allen at this point and no. see what Will Greer could do in Week 17. But I, I would be extremely confused if they do actually choose to move on from Cam Newton this offseason. Yeah, I mean, they shouldn't. It's going to be really interesting to see. They they apparently interviewed Mike McCarthy this past week after their game, uh, mm-hmm. which I mean. Tepper's made it sound like they want to have pair like old school football thinking with new school analytics, and Mike McCarthy doesn't seem like the guy who's going to be able to do that. So yeah, that felt Kyle strange. Allen, Kyle Allen's basically Aaron Rodgers, so that's a good point. Um, so yeah, again, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their staff. If uh, it sounds like they're going to retain Marty Herney, but they're going to bring in like kind of the assist- assistant GM, who's kind of like the GM Being- to be. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean... Like, Harney hasn't Mark, done a terrible job. Like but he's already been out and back in. Like, no, I, I know. But he... Like, if you look at his draft history, he's actually a pretty decent drafter. And mm-hmm. the, the, the big knock on him is salary cap and mismanagement of contracts. Yeah. So, I, I do think if you kept Marty Herney but kind of did bring in that new wave thing. Because I think Marty Herney's like... He's probably the 20th best GM in the NFL. Kind of that range. So, he's not horrible. He's not great. You could be worse... But if you can't land a big fish, bring in a young gun to kind of come up and eventually take over for Herney. I think that kind of seems like what the plan will be for Tepper. And I think it makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. Yeah. Then, obviously, from there, it's hiring the right head coach and uh, yes. retaining Cam Newton because you don't have a replacement. <laughs> and, I mean, they are currently slated, I think, to pick eighth. So, I, Justin Herbert could potentially be in play. But he it seems like a silly move unless you could get the house for Cam Newton and truly believe he'll never be healthy. Otherwise, it seems crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be maybe the most interesting storyline for the offseason, quarterback-wise at least. It's, it's a very uh, interesting, like, just through the league quarterback offseason, just with this quarterback yeah. class coming in. The uncertainties with teams like the Panthers, the Jaguars, the Bears. Like, there's so much of that now. A lot of teams. A lot of teams. Even the Steelers. Although Ben Roethlisberger gave us a nice tweet uh, making it sound like he'll be back next year. But (laughs) Duck Hodges was horrible against the Jets. Uh, Basically lost them the game. Couldn't really... His decision-making was horrible. And the, the, the one positive we've seen with Duck has generally been he doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, he doesn't take huge risks, and their style of play was able to support him. And then against the Jets, he just kind of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, he got pulled and then had to go back in because Mason Rudolph's on IR now. Yeah, so he'll Which, be starting uh, in the final week against the Ravens' backups. They need to win. Titans need to lose for the Steelers to make the playoffs. And he's got to do something, right? I generally can think most non-Steelers, or like most, I guess, just general NFL fans are really hoping the Titans make the playoffs over the Steelers. I I am one of those people because they're a lot more fun to watch. That's fine. That's fine. I know. I, I like watching the Titans, so personally, I mean, if Duck Hodges is the starter, I mean, or if it was Mason Rudolph, it wouldn't really matter. The Steelers are going to go out in the first round anyway, so as a Steelers fan, I'm okay with the Titans making the playoffs. I like this Titans team. 
but yeah, Hodges was horrible against the Jets. It was his worst game of the season. They desperately need Ben Roethlisberger back. Yep. Uh, what do you think the chances are they're looking at a quarterback in the draft this year? I would say only if someone they really like fell. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I also, it would depend how they still feel about Mason Rudolph going forward because, you know, they apparently said he was the top-rated quarterback in that draft class, so I don't know. They can't. They can't. It's very stressful. Nathan Stanley's going to be taken by the Steelers in the third Enjoy. round. Enjoy. Thanks. Uh, but we did get a huge rookie quarterback duel. Uh, yeah. Washington played the Giants. Daniel Jones threw for 352 and five scores. Daniel Jones, it's not been consistent, but he's been, uh, I, would, I would say, like promising yeah. in the way that if, if he can cut down on the turnovers, specifically the fumbles, <laughs> They've got that. They've got that like quarterback who's gonna consistently be between the fifteenth and twenty second best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, they have Alex Smith. Yeah, they have they have Alex Smith with more turnovers. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I mean, surround them with weapons, and they do have a. If they build up that offensive line, I think that like they can make the playoffs in this division. With Daniel Jones, as long as he continues to take steps and cut down on turnovers, you've got the weapons around him, Saquon Barkley, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayzone Slayton, uh, and you just, they need to build the offensive line. Like, if, right now they're sitting with the fourth overall pick. They obviously lost the Chase Young bowl yeah. by beating Washington. Yeah. Uh, if they can come away with a Jedrick Wills or a Tristan Wirth, someone to plug and play right away at that right tackle spot, I think they're progressing in the right direction. Uh, the only thing holding them back is... I think they need to clean house. <laughs> Just because I, I think Dave Gettleman's one of the worst GMs in football. And then on top of that, Pat Shermer's not the guy to be the head coach no, of this football team. No. No. I mean, but you're right, though. The division is there. Uh, it's going to be funny to watch this team. Um, you know who would be an interesting hire? This just popped in my head. Obviously, like, Matt Rule's kind of the hush-hush favorite. Yes. Uh, but Kevin Stefanski, I know... It, it, it would be kind of semi out of nowhere. Yeah. But the work him and Kerry Kubiak have done with Kirk Cousins and that Vikings team, obviously it sounds bad coming off that loss to the Packers where Kirk Cousins is horrible. But Daniel Jones kind of fits that, that type of passing game that's really carried by the run. You've got Saquon Barkley in the backfield, lots of play action pass. I, th- I just think that would be an interesting offensive <laughs> mind to pair with Daniel Jones. It's just Pat Shermer again. I mean, come on. Kevin Stefanski's is not Patrick. <laughs> the Vikings OC. Kevin, Kevin Stefanski's from the the Gary Kubiak, Mike Shanahan tree. Come on, show some respect. <laughs> Just hire, hire Kyle Shanahan. That's what I'd do. That's, you know, that'd be pretty smart. He's shown some flashes. I'm just saying. Or uh, Matt LaFleur's brother, Mike. He's he'll, The 49ers uh, pass game coordinator. He'll be in play for someone this year. I wouldn't be shocked if he uh, becomes an OC somewhere else. They blocked him. You know how year, Matt LaFleur... Right? I know. Because he well, he, want, he was going to go to the Packers yeah, exactly, with his brother. Exactly. But remember how Matt LaFleur left Sean McVay to beat the Titans OC for that one year? And obviously, looking back, it, it didn't work out whatsoever with the Titans. But it worked it's out working for him. Out somewhat now. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him leave. But on the other side of the, the field for uh, Washington, Dwayne Haskins was off to his best start. Uh, of his young career yeah. before a high ankle sprain knocked him out of the game. But 
threw for two, two touchdowns, over 130 yards, completed 80% of his throws. He is, I know people were shitting on him early and often, but every week he's get, gotten better this year. In the last two weeks, I know this was obviously an injury shortening game, but this week and last week were really good performances. Like, it, <clears throat> it was always insane that people were, it's the same, it's the Jared Goff thing. Yeah. When Jared Goff got crushed, like, he's the worst first overall pick of all time type stuff. Yeah. It's just the what is around you is so key. I know. Um, Kevin O'Connell's also done a way better job the last two weeks with Wayne Haskins, and then it, it's just you know seeing the promise of Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins. It's always just so worrisome about who those teams are going to hire. I next. know for real because it their future hinges on it so much. And like Kyler Murray's in a great situation where they are they paired him with the yeah. with the coach at the same time. Yep. With these guys, it's so much more of a mystery, and you don't know if the, he's going to get that Sean, Sean McVay to their Jared Goff, or it goes the other way, and you just hire someone who doesn't like you and, and wants to kind of get their own guy in there. Yeah. It's, like I said, we talked about it before, that I think pairing your quarterback with your coach is the best thing to do, but... It just isn't. Timing doesn't always work out. Exactly. That's why you should fire coaches immediately upon finding out they're dud. Uh, not to say Steve Wilkes was necessarily that, but look what the Cardinals did last year. And I'm not saying I agreed with it at the time, but in hindsight, it looked like the, now it looks like the right move. Uh, moving on from Josh Rosen and Steve Wilkes immediately. Yeah, it's just it's it's funny. I'm sure in the moment I thought it was stupid. Well, I think we were on board with the Wilkes thing, but not the Rosen thing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, we also kind of I I feel like after last year's hiring process, mm-hmm. our um, our philosophy on hiring NFL head coaches shifted from uh, kind of hire the hot, not not even necessarily the hot coordinator, but like even the like the leader of men type of coaching job doesn't doesn't really work anymore, except in specific situations. Yeah. And you're better off hiring that young offensive mind who can kind of create an offense, a la Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. Matt LaFleur you know what the, versus the, the more old school type of the Mike Tomlin. You know what the big issue with the leader of men version is that, like, you need to have really strong coordinators. Yes. And in today's NFL... Well, I mean, I mean the Steelers say no, that's but... That's true. But then we get into the But when, when, when Mike Tomlin was hired, they had really strong coordinators. Exactly. And then... Dick LeBeau yeah. and uh, Bruce Arians, yeah. so... And then, obviously, the issue with that is you're probably going to lose both of them. Yeah, and it, it also helps having a, uh, like... Kevin Colbert has been one of the best GMs mm-hmm. uh, of the decade for the Steelers. And so bringing in talent, having the talent plug in, like versus st- hiring the leader of men and having no talent around yeah. him and potentially poor coordinators, it just doesn't work. The, Where you can get away with more by hiring that young offensive mind who can scheme things together. The whole like idea of like changing the culture really boils down to bringing in more talent rather than you know just some coaching philosophy, right? Hundred uh, percent. Speaking of coaching philosophy, bringing in more talent, the Lions should find new things everywhere. Uh, D- David Blau did his best once again. We can't like, come on. It was another rookie QB battle: Broncos Lions, Blau versus Locke. But uh, yeah, David Blau, he's he's going to be a backup in the NFL for a while. But it's not great when he's starting so many weeks. David Blau is my personal hero. I'll say that. That's is that enough analysis? He he looked bad against the Broncos. I mean, kind of not his fault though. No. Uh, Drew Locke, on the other hand, had another pretty nice game. 
Uh, led the Broncos to a 27-17 win over the Lions. Touchdown pass. He, he's he been more NFL-ready than I ever expected. 100% agree with you. Yeah. Um, like, he looks more competent and consistent from drive to drive than I was expecting. I thought we would see, when he was named the starter, I thought we'd see Flash here or there. He's obviously, outside of that Chiefs snow game, yeah. he's been pretty consistent game to game, drive to drive, uh, clearly g- giving them a chance to win every week. Um, Hasn't been turning the I ball think, over too much. Yeah, he, he's been safe with the football. You've seen the arm talent flashes, uh, building a chemistry with Sutton and yeah. Fant. I think they're they're slotted to pick 11 right now. I would be pretty shocked if they were looking at quarterback. Agreed. Uh, I, th- I think that pick is so much better spent on either offensive line or another playmaker, a C.D. Lamb perhaps, or if uh, a Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills falls mm-hmm. to them there. I think that's the kind of that's the route Elway should be looking at heading into the offseason. Hundred percent agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean he and just lot, like you said he's been a lot more pro ready than you expected, like pretty consistent. He, he's earned himself a chance to be a starter for a full season next uh, year. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Uh, and finally, Kyler Murray got injured against the Seahawks. Team still won. Uh, threw for just over a hundred yards and a score ran for forty more. What'd you think against your Seahawks? How'd you feel seeing Kyler? Kyler Murray had a good game. Um, it wasn't wasn't his it wasn't his best statistic game, but a good game. Yeah, it wasn't like a marquee game or anything, but like consistently moving the ball. Kenyon Drake couldn't be stopped. It was fucking weird. Um, it but going down with Andrew was kind of surprising because like he looked fine on the last play and then they kicked the field goal. Um, and then he just you saw him on the sideline without his helmet on, and it wasn't even like his leg wasn't wrapped until later. Even it was kind of just a weird. Weird time to shut him down. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't. It was obviously. Well, Brett, they knew Brett Hundley would be the closer. Well, they wanted the Brett Hundley revenge game, obviously, right? So, yes. But no, Murray was strong. It wasn't like an amazing performance at all, but like it just consistent, taking what was there and getting it done. It's with rookie quarterbacks. Is uh, th- this class has been the guys having nice games, dud games, yeah. not a lot of consistency. Kyler Murray's obviously been the most consistent. I know he hasn't had maybe the same highs as Daniel Jones at times, but Kyler Murray, I think, has been by far the most promising of the quarterbacks. Turns the ball over the least, adds the most dynamicness uh, and t- with with his ability as a runner, um, is, I think, been the most accurate passer of all the rookie quarterbacks. Just there's so much, and he has a lot less around him than some of these other guys. Because again, Daniel Jones, I know it hasn't been every week. Because of injuries, but he is surrounded with big time NFL talent in terms of playmakers, um, and, and Kyler Murray not so much. As we keep referencing it, it you feel so much better because they have their coach and their quarterback, right? Yeah, you you've got your scheme man in Cliff Kingsbury, who's got Brett Hundley putting up numbers now. Yeah, I think I think Kingsbury's gotten a lot better over the course of the year too. I think the one thing is. Uh, uh, obviously, the the big hype around him was always going to be the offensive scheme. We've seen yeah. tons of flashes from that. It's just he's got to get more comfortable with the actual nuances of being an NFL coach, like uh, game management, timeout management, like all of that. I stuff. think it's and, it's, and it's gotten better. He's gotten better yeah. for sure because, oh, I mean, even talking, uh, what was it like week three or something when they just field kept goals? kicking field goals, yeah. like moving, getting more aggressive too. That was like what they went for. He's just getting more comfortable. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's comfortable. Maybe you're just kicking fields at his feet wet in the NFL. I don't know. But there was a situation in this game where they could have kicked the field goal, but instead they went for it on fourth and they picked it up and mm-hmm. they won. Um, and you know what else, too? He's, he's done it. 
I guess the addition of Kenyon Drake's been big, but the the way that the run games progressed this year has been huge for him too. Yeah, I know. Obviously, not to the same extent of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, but just having your quarterback as a threat. Uh, as a runner on on uh, like zone reads and everything, yeah. it just it, it it potentially takes another man out of the play, they, and, and Kyler's quietly I think been the second leading rusher among quarterbacks this year. Mm-hmm. They they run a lot of like I I think it's an RPO, but like the both guards pull, so it's like an outside fucking uh, pull play, but then the backside throw. It's they ran a lot of that in this game, and it, it worked pretty well. And I think yeah, I think. Next year, especially with an offseason to potentially add more weapons mm-hmm. or just build an offensive line even, uh, I think next year we're going to see Kyler Murray really have some big-time games. Maybe not not like take the, the leap to be a top-14 mm-hmm. quarterback or whatever, but I think we'll see him put up huge numbers at times. Yeah, I mean, the team can only get better, right? Yeah, like if you're to guess which of these – quarterbacks in year two take that Patrick Mahomes at Lamar Jackson like it's clearly Kyler yeah you know I was, I was actually gonna, I'm not saying he'll do it but i that'd be I was gonna say that it's like you know it's back-to-back years where second year quarterbacks gonna win MVP so who would your guess be for next year your guess is yeah I mean Kyler it's Murray. totally Kyler yeah like it, like I, I would see no harm in putting down like 10 bucks on him winning MVP this offseason yeah fair enough just because th- those odds I don't know what they would be but he he obviously has the the worst cast around him of those three the Mahomes the Lamar and him mm-hmm. but uh, okay who would your second pick be sorry I, I think that's a more interesting question the, it's hard to say just because you don't know who's getting hired in the other places I know, I know. Uh, or what they're doing in the draft like if the Broncos kind of fix their all like I think Drew, Drew Lock be an interesting one yeah uh, just because he's got the most um, <clears throat> like safe coaching staff around mm-hmm. him. It's interesting though, but yeah, oh for sure. Uh, okay, who's your rookie of the week in week sixteen? So I, offensive. Yeah, I tried to like kind of put together uh, most impressive performance in the most important game. So I went with Miles Sanders again, back to back weeks. Okay, I I thought. Um, Go ahead. It was kind of tough to pick offense. Well, because of a couple different options with different reasons, like you just said with Miles Sanders yeah. for important game, uh, and then defense was just no one put up. Like a huge, huge game. Def- yeah, I agree. Both were kind of tough this week. Like, uh, who would you go with for offense? Uh, I went with Daniel Jones just because so I that, thought that, it was that, a pretty that, flashy performance in, that in was a my shootout. Was between, yeah. Got to overtime, made sure they couldn't get Chase Young pulling off that win. Pretty smart, <laughs> Daniel. Um, I think that was the, plus, the, I mean, the two that it boils down to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Daniel Jones playing flip cup with Eli Manning also give him a little bit of a boost. But I thought th- this is arguably Daniel Jones' best game of the season. Agreed, agreed. It's I think this I or his first was... start. Wasn't wasn't Ocean Avenue playing when they're playing flip cup too? Which I respect. <laughs> yes, the sound on. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think either of those two guys you can't go wrong with. I, I just went with Sanders because of the actual importance of the game and yeah, he's and he was a the... big difference maker for sure. Exactly, he was a spark plug on offense. Uh, uh, who'd you go with for defensive? Okay, I, I went... Again, there was kind of no rookie that really exploded uh, onto the scene this week. So I, I stuck with the brand, Rob. I went with Jamel Dean. Who had a big pick in the game. Okay, Strong performance. I was, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was going to say the two rookie corners for Tampa, Dean mm-hmm. and Sean Murphy Bunning, both played really well against the Texans. Agreed. And like that Houston Texans... Te- Texans. The Texans offense couldn't do anything... 
pretty much in the air on the ground. It was just such a fucking wonky game. It was one of the best games of the week. One of the most fun games. I know. Uh, I think Dean deserves it. Like he kind of it was only like a tackle on a pick, but just solid in coverage. And like it, Hopkins didn't toast him. Like Steelers had the best game of all three receivers, which is kind of funny. But yeah, I uh, same same day, different game, different rookie. I went with Nick Bosa against the Rams. Statistically, not, not not like really a standout game, yeah. but when you watch the effect he had, uh, both in terms of playing the run and as a pass rusher. Yeah. He was he. There was one play. Uh, it was when the Rams were kind of in their own end zone, and the immediacy of him beating the right tackle, yeah. the Rams, yeah. for a pressure was just absurd. Like I don't know how you're supposed to stop that. Yeah, I. The amount of times he's gotten into the backfield this year, like immediately, has been crazy. And I know, like Josh Allen tied him for sacks now. But the, the just I think so. The impact that Nick Bosa said, and like Josh Allen's had a very very good rookie year. I, I believe PFF said Nick Bosa has the most pressures of any rookie since they started keeping track. And that doesn't surprise me at all. No. And uh, he he, um, he also had a big effect on the run game. Like, yeah. He just – he's such a strong edge setter. I think that's one of the most underrated things about him and his brother even. Um, just their, their ability to set the edge against the run, make plays uh, either – force the play inside or they can stretch it out because they're that type of athlete if he told me in the offseason that like i i'm not shocked that nick bosa's had an amazing year because i i thought we expected that and especially against the the run game i thought he'd be really impactful early on but the stuff he's done rushing the passer i, I wouldn't have believed you i don't think really just in terms of just because he's been so always, dominant the, though yeah no, no no maybe not to this level yeah, but no, no. not to this level is what i mean he's been so okay. fucking good though because he's one of the most refined yeah. pass rushers in terms yeah. of hand use, I think either of us have ever seen coming out of college, yeah. right? Yeah. I just didn't think it'd be like this flashy of the year. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's why. Like, I can't wait to see Chase Young next year. Yeah, on the Niners with him. Whoa, bull prediction. Whoa again. Yeah. <laughs> Solomon Thomas on a bus still though. Retweet. AJ? Uh, okay, worst rookie you saw? I uh, I went with a couple quarterbacks. <laughs> I'll go with Will Greer again. Cause yeah, he was... I think that's the... Because at least, like, okay, but Duck was an undrafted guy. Dave Blau was an undrafted guy. Will Greer was taken in the third yeah. round. That's a round in which you take a future NFL starter. Like, like Duck would have been my next choice. Like, But I don't want to shit on Duck. I feel bad for doing it. But, like, you know, he's got to show up, and it's, it's not fair to him that he's got to fucking show up, but... I know. I love how we both justify Duck and Blau struggles by it's not it's it's not fair because they're undrafted. They're not supposed to be starting in the Blau's NFL. Blau's a champ. I don't care. Um, yeah, we'll <laughs> this, this is just a bad bad game. Um, again, it's his first career start, so I mean, he needs to show something in week seventeen. He does uh, otherwise, I think like Kyle Allen will clearly be the QB two next year. Agreed. Yeah. Probably already is. Uh, I also put Will Greer. I also put Blasson Austin in the Jets' corner. He, although the Jets beat the Steelers and held them to the ten points, Austin was just a mess in coverage. Deontay Johnson <coughs> had his way with Austin, who was a, a obviously six round pick out of Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, he just so stiff and uh, lack of ball skills. Like couldn't find the ball. I thought he just looked terrible. He he also played like. He's played a significant amount this season for a six-round rookie corner. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, Primetime star, and just to be clear, I count 
all three games on Saturday as primetime. I don't. I only count the true primetime right. games. I, I picked Nick Bosa, though. We already stated okay. that we talked about him. I, I already t- Yeah, since I picked him for defensive uh, <laughs> rookie of the week, I obviously put him here as well. But because, and this is why I said all three games count for primetime star, it's because I want to put Sean Murphy bunting here. Because yeah. I thought he, uh, we, we've talked about the Bucks, DBs, young DBs a bunch before. Uh, and we've talked about Jamel Dean a lot. Mm-hmm. Murphy Bunnings really come on the last couple of weeks. I thought this was his best game of the season. Um, looked much more confident man coverage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, came with big PBU. Came on. Came away with a big sack too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just it's very bright that they're coming on now for them, and then heading into next year. I think the two outside corners are those two. Yes. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to say, and the other two primetime games, kind of no one showed up. Yeah. No, I I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, like, not a lot of rookies playing in those games. No, too. that's Like, just, playing significant minutes. True, yeah. Uh, underwhelming performance? Uh, speaking of not showing up, I this is more on the Seattle Seahawks offense, but I threw DK Metcalf in here. Um, just the offense was so fucking inept, mainly the offensive line, but, like, Metcalf just disappeared. Like, he had zero effect on the game. I don't think Lockett had a couple more targets than he did. Um, I don't know if Lockett's fully healthy, but like in a game like this, you got to think he starts coming up with big plays. But like, I'm not even trying to blame him. It's just that yeah, he, no, he no, did nothing. Fair. Like you know, what I mean? so a lot of and it's interesting because a lot of day two rookie wide receivers had big weeks, and obviously he did not. Yeah. I put Devin Singletary here. Mm-hmm. Um, Against the Patriots, I think he, he had one nice run. Other than that, was pretty much shut down completely. Yeah. Uh, part of that's offensive line. Part of it, he was uh, struggling to break first contact. It's a really good Patriots defense, so hard to fault him. Mm-hmm. Clearly been one of the, what, three best rookie running backs this season. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a little bit underwhelming. I also put Benny Snell because Benny Snell just doesn't look like an NFL <laughs> running back. How whelmed were you aiming to be, though? <laughs> Uh, a very, okay. <laughs> very whelmed once James Conner left injured. I don't even talk about Benny Snell. I don't. I don't feel like we should. <laughs> well, you know, I, I fill our Benny Snell quota. That's true. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I just ignore Benny Snell. It's kind of mean. <laughs> Sorry, Benny. He's got good mouth guard game. It's true. Yeah. So does DK. Uh, that's also true. Who's looking like a hit for you? Uh, I went with our boy Hunter Renfro. Biggest game of the year for him. Seven catches, bucko seven, touchdown. Where did that yak come from, Rob? I don't know, but it was there. Basically, like, what, first play of the game, 56 <laughs> yards to the house? Yeah. Does <laughs> that man run a 4-2? No, I fucking love Hunter Renfro. I'm just so happy that he's producing now. And uh, Bull prediction, 100 catches for Hunter Renfro next year. I really want the Raiders to use one of their first-round picks on one of the top receivers and just, like, that – like. A receiver core of let's say Jerry Judy, Hunter Renfro, Tyrell Williams, like that's so much fun with Darren Waller at tight end. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty sweet. Justin Fields in twenty twenty one. Yeah, when they finally give up on Carter. Oh, how cool would it be to be Justin Fields' Las Vegas Raiders? He looked good in, in the all black. Dude. He would, wouldn't he? Yeah, black and silver. Uh, I put Dre Greenlaw here because like yeah. we all know how much I love Dre Greenlaw coming out of Arkansas. He is filled in really yes. consistently for Quan Alexander since the injury. I think he's pretty much earned himself that third starting linebacker spot mm-hmm. next year. Um, and he, he's been a stud on special teams as well. 
Just lots of energy, really physical football player. 13 tackles against the Rams, cleaned up a lot against the run. Uh, Fred Warner's obviously been a Pro Bowl player all year, and Greenlaw's been a nice little compliment beside him. No, I like you gotta feel really good at what you've seen from Drake Greenlaw this year. Like he's had a really nice I, year. I also like that all three linebackers, Quan, Alexander, Fred Warner, and Drake Greenlaw, are all kind of in that hyper athletic like um and aggressive yeah. mold where they they might not be the biggest linebacker, but they play with so much energy and, and range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who looks like a miss? Uh, I think you might have had him here a couple weeks ago. And it honestly wasn't his worst game, but I, I put David Montgomery here because this is more of a season accumulative. It's like he, he's had one of the most underwhelming rookie seasons yeah. just because so many of us thought he could potentially be an offensive rookie of the year. Exactly. Candidate. You put my the words in my mouth there, Rob. Just so underwhelmed with his full season. Like Again, we, we had high expectations for him. He was one of my favorite running backs in the class. And he just looked so average his whole rookie year. You know who else uh, plays running back? And we all had pretty high expectations for him. Uh, Darrell Henderson. That's who I've put here. Um, If he can't get on the field when Todd Gurley's struggling this much, to me it says the Rams haven't seen enough from him in practice. Now, like like, I could be completely wrong, but every time he enters a game, it's pretty underwhelming. Agreed. And he barely enters games. And I think that's kind of scary. And uh, they spent a third-round pick on him. Yeah. And obviously, I already mentioned, third-round picks are expected to, uh, at minimum, be uh, productive. Contributor, yeah. Contributor. And he's not even been that. And there was potential thought, like, he could be the home run threat yeah. uh, that, um, like, compliments Gurley. And he could do some things in the passing game. It's just he's Nothing. been so... Nothing, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, who needs to step it up? This one's kind of unfair to the guy, but it's more so that I'd like to see him step up, get more targets, be used more. I'm going with Irv Smith Jr. Hasn't had a... I thought I, th- I thought about putting him uh, a couple times, yeah, actually. In it's not game. like he's been a, a, like bad for a rookie, and I know it's like he's in that second tight end spot. I just want to see Minnesota kind of like start using him more, and we saw how inept the offense was on Monday night. Start figuring some stuff out for Irv Smith Jr. He's a he's a versatile weapon. Two- we've seen some flashes, but we've also seen some mistakes. Yeah. And I think they're yeah. just they're just uh, wor- I, I don't know worried to play him in big moments. I think that's fair, but yeah, we've like some really nice touchdown grabs and like some drops, two catches for four yards. But I think just with that offense, that's like I don't know. It was sometimes it's just a fun dig, especially when Cook is out. Um, figure out something and get him the ball the ball in his hands. You know. Fair. Uh, I put Ram Safety Taylor Rapp, mm-hmm. who, I mean, it's just tough because he's the one who kind of blew it on the 49ers, yeah. uh, the end of the game against the 49ers, giving up the big touchdown. Yeah. Rapp's been so consistently good uh, around the line of scrimmage. One of the best tackling DBs, yeah. rookie DBs in the NFL. Uh, really thrived in that dime linebacker role, too, before John Johnson got hurt and he started playing more of a true safety role. Um, you just want to see a little bit more, I think, from him in terms of coverage ability uh, and, and uh, just being in the right spot, I guess. The, the tough, tough way for a pretty good rookie year for me. Agreed, yeah. I was going to say, it's been a solid year. Like even- And this is kind of because it hasn't been such a flashy year. This is kind of the the thing I think a lot of people yeah. are remembering. But Jalen Ramsey, like, I don't know. It's just like, a, I think it was a miscommunication on both parts. Like It was. It obviously, Rapp... Terribly played it, but Ramsey was shitting on the play too. So, 
Yeah. I also put Tony Pollard here. Yeah, I, you know, he only, I thought about that somewhere. Because, like, he just such a nothing game from him. Yeah, two carries, lost a fumble yeah. on one of them. Um, again, he we've seen big flashes from him, but we haven't seen him being consistently used, especially in the passing game. Now, that might say more about the, offense, yeah, in the, the the coaching staff in this offense than Pollard. But when he gets his chances, you want to see a little bit this more. This was a poorly called game on offense for the Cowboys. What else is yeah. new? Uh, not ready to play. Will Greer. It's shit on Will Greer week, baby. I put a guy who just didn't play. Okay. Uh, and I, that's how I know he's not ready mm-hmm. to play. Tristan Hill was a healthy scratch <laughs> in the Cowboys' biggest game of the season. They took him the second round. We all thought they were insane. Uh... He, there, it's been only negatives about Absolutely. Hill since yeah. they drafted yeah. him. This looks like potentially the biggest bust of this draft already because he can't even, can't even suit up to be a backup in a game. And I know, uh, obviously, he was a second-round pick, down a first-round pick, but the fact that he, he can't even get on the field to show he's back. You, you want to hear my idea? Just come off to my what? head. Trade LJ Collier for Tristan Hill right now. I kind of like that for both of them. I know, right? It's not a bad idea. <laughs> like, change the scenery for both of them. I don't know. It might work. Uh-huh. Uh, best day three rookie. Hunter Renfro. That's it, baby. Ah, correct. Seven. You, I'm pretty sure you said the stats. I'll see them again. Because it's that great a day. Seven for 107 to score against the Chargers. Hunter Renfro is going to be a really good slot receiver for a really long time. Agreed. And we all knew it. And he still fell to the fifth round. And Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's like... Uh, it's, it's just because the floor is so high. No. Obviously, the ceiling's lower, but like when you know it's gonna work, don't overthink it. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, like I'm sure I partially overthought. Like I, I don't know if I would have taken him in the third round. You know, I was about to say like I don't let you shouldn't have let him get out of the fourth. Is my thinking. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. Anyways, uh, best UDFA rookie, Steven Sims again, Rob. Two weeks in a row. Wow, where's he coming from? Is that? Is that four touchdowns the last two weeks? Yeah, I think so. Another two touchdowns this week. Six catch for 64 yards. I'm pretty sure over the last two weeks he's had, like, if my photographic memory serves, 11 catches for uh, 109 yards and four touchdowns. Honestly, that'd be pretty impressive if he just pulled out of your ass. I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure he had five five for 45 and two scores last week. Oh, one touchdown last week. Sorry. Fuck. Fuck. But the numbers were right, right? Five for 45? Yeah, that's That's impressive. Yeah, I'm like I'm like uh, I'm like Sean McVay. <laughs> yeah, can you name every player on a starting defense, Rob? Yeah, I can name every player on the seventy Steelers defense. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to hear. It. Save that for we'll save that for the offseason. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Steven, Steven Sims has proven he is worthy of their wide receiver four yes. slash return man slash gadget guy slash whatever Taylor Gabriel esque role is that a good he's this team's Deontay Harris is that a good episode like pick a team and see how many players you can name from it <laughs> yeah, yeah that sounds so fun to listen to that sounds more like uh hang out with our, our good friends Matt and Byron and drink a beer and That's do true. that but, yeah and, and record it for the listeners yeah. you have to pay for that one though yeah of course uh rookie who flashed I don't know if we've had him for anything this year I don't think I have and I'm kind of kind of glad I did because he's had a low-key uh good rookie season Draymond Jones for the Broncos I put him down too because yeah. we, yeah, we kind of neglected yeah. him. There's been flashes. This was obviously his best yes. game of the year. Uh, two and a half sacks showed off his ability as a pass rusher, which was always like the big thing yep. with him was his, uh, his nimbleness for a big man, ability to pass rush, and 
Vic Fangio uh, kind of unlocked that against the Lions. Yeah, you know, I was, I don't know if I was weird. Like, I like Draymond Jones a lot. I was weird of the fit in Denver when they originally took him. So I'm kind of glad that they, uh, they've got him cooking a bit now, Rob. I think part of this was too, some people were too high on Draymond Jones. I think he ended up going right where he should have. Yeah, it, you know, we kind of... For, like, there was talk about, like, back of the first round for him, which was We kind of forget about that. Like, Draymond Jones was all over the map with draft people before the draft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, yeah, I th- I, I like the landing spot because Vic Fangio is known for putting defensive linemen in their best spot yeah, to succeed. And, and I like the idea of him being, like, the nickel interior rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially as a rookie, just a rotational guy. He's got, what, like almost um, five sacks on the year now, too, which I, I think? Yeah, pretty impressive when you consider <clears throat> some of the first-round interior defensive linemen who have been yeah. great. Yeah. But I think two of them still flash. Christian Wilkins had a, a nice little game against the Bengals, had a nice sack, caught touchdown. a touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah. the, the the ultimate Christian Wilkins team. I thought this was one of his best games of the year, so I threw him down. And Quinton Williams... Um, the sack was kind of a gimme. He came unblocked because mm-hmm. the Steelers or the offense is the Steelers' mm-hmm. offense. Um, but I thought he had he had a uh, although somewhat quiet one of his better games of the year. And I felt like I I've talked negative about how little he's yeah. been uh, impactful because partially because of Greg Williams. Um, but I thought this uh, was one of his better games of the yeah, year for sure. I agree. Uh, I also put down day two ro- rookie receivers. Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson. They all had, like, not mind-numbingly great performances, but all very, like, McLaurin, 7 for 86. Uh, Debo, 28 rushing, 31 receiving, also ran for a touchdown. A.J. Brown had a 49-yard <laughs> touchdown run, a 34-yard grab, uh, and then Deontay Johnson, 8 for 81 in the score. Like, they all had pretty nice days, uh, even if, like, for Deontay Johnson, A.J. Brown, their offenses weren't that great in their games. But yeah. Okay. AJ Brown having one of the most underrated rookie uh, offensive rookie seasons in a long time. It's so impressive how quickly he's become the go-to guy and the most explosive guy on that offense. It's just like most years, uh, a receiver putting up these numbers would totally be like at the top spot for offensive rookie of the year. He's probably gonna be third. Yeah, exactly. And like Terry McLaurin, even more so, he'll probably be fourth. Yeah. Pretty wild. Uh, I don't know where we're. I'm sticking in Tennessee. Linebacker Derek Roberson. Two sacks from Sam Houston State? Where did this come from, Rob? Well, you had a first-round grade on him, so you're not surprised. <laughs> I wasn't even sure he was. I forgot about him. Uh, this is truly out of nowhere. I, I, I don't know what to say about him. You sound like you're, you're lost for words. I, I am, Rob. I am. Uh, I put Caden Smith here. My Caught boy. two touchdowns, including the game winner against the Washington. Not out of nowhere for me, though, so. No, 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 no. Again, first round grade <laughs> exactly. here, too. But, yeah, K- 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 I told you, he's uh, he's Kevin, he's Kevin Boss. Boss. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel Jones likes him. He kind of... He's a, he's, he's, he's kind of, oh, like, he's opened himself up to be the tight end, too, for them next year behind Evan Engel. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, he kind of dipped a bit in the, those, what, two weeks in between of his big game and then this game. And he looked yeah. kind of... <laughs> he got his ass kicked in run blocking occasionally. But you know what? Yes. He's bounced back. Good for him. I love Kevin Smith. He's a touchdown machine. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, start the okay. rook. It's week 17. It's time, Rob. Fuck it. Jake Dolgala. That's all I got to say. That's pathetic. That's pathetic that they haven't started. Exactly. Yet. It's week 17. Just fucking play him. Okay, mine's a, mine's a little more serious. Uh, I'm deadly serious. The Viking... The Vike, I know, but like serious because I think they they need to do it to, to hopefully spark their offensive line for the playoffs. Okay. The Vikings need to start Drew Samia. 
Okay, that's that's a deep cut. I respect that one. Thank you. Fourth round rookie guard at Oklahoma. Uh, if I remember correctly, I had him in my top one hundred. Um, their offensive line struggled a ton against mm-hmm. the Packers. Just got the their asses handed to them, like everybody. Uh, Pat Elflines looked pretty bad this year. I'm yeah. starting to think like that's probably just not going to work out yeah. at, at guard. Drew Samia is a kind of one of those dudes. Who, he's a motherfucker. He wants to go out there. He wants to stomp yeah. on your throat. He's a big mauler. He fits what you want to do in the run game. Start him in week 17, potentially in the playoffs. That's, that's I like what it. I say. I like it. Rob. Thank you. I like it. It's uh, thank you. Irv Smith and Drew Samia's season. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> He's so enthusiastic. <laughs> hey, Rob, I don't know about for you and the rest of the guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes Same I a, for me and the rest of the guys. <laughs> okay, good. I'm just, I'm just making sure. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. That's smart betting. Uh, regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, again, who isn't? Try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing, and you should bet this season. It's almost over. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Uh, it's week 17. Get your bets in. The uh, playoffs are right around the corner. Uh, bowl season's in full swing. The playoffs are right around the corner for them, too. Uh, and it, it, look, the NBA and NHL, it's time for them now. Get off the sidelines. Get on the game. Start making bets. Get in on the action on my bookie. Uh, if you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game. I just said that. MyBookie.he. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. All you got to do is use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Again, visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid, my buggy. Week 17. Thank you, AJ. You're welcome. <laughs> Week 17 matchups. The spreads are from where, Rob? My buggy. Uh, how'd you do last week? I went 10 1 and 5. That's a, that's a good week, Rob. Thank you. How'd you that do? fucking push. The, I hate the pushes. Uh, I went 8 7 in the push. Oh, it's so bad going when. But know. give me the winning record. If I go, I'm okay with it. I don't know. Yeah, fine. Um, okay, obviously week 17, uh, a whole a whole slew of 425 games. It's so weird always the week 17 schedule. I know it like, kind of gives me anxiety, but then at the same time, I'm always complaining when there's like only <laughs> three 425 games. So it's like I don't know which is better and which is worse. Uh, but hey, I, I put all the games, uh, that like, I, I've got the reason certain games matter. So, okay, let's hear it. You can do it. Yeah. Okay. 1 PM Packers, 12 and a half point favorites at the lions. Uh, the Packers win. They will be in play for the one seed. They will be. It's a, like the one o'clock games are less meaningful, but like, like overall, but there's like meaning for individual teams. Right. It's, it's just interesting because the NFC's one through three seed, it's like, between three three teams, obviously, but like it, it's very wide open those spots. And the Seahawks, can't believe you forgot them. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Packers. Oh right, true. Uh, I am also taking the Packers. My my theorization was I'm taking all the teams who have some sort of meaning to play because it's Week 17. I don't really know what's going to happen. I never do. So I'm just going to take teams that have stuff That's on the line. 
Uh, here's a game that has nothing on the line. 1 p.m. Jets at Bills. Bills two-point favorites. I'm taking the Bills because fuck you, Adam Gase. That's what I... Yeah, they're a better team. They're going to the playoffs. They seem like a team that, you know, needs a little a little boost to get into the playoffs. Give me the Bills. Yeah, they, they, they seem like they would play hard in Week 17 <coughs> to ride that momentum agreed. into the wildcard. Yeah, agreed. Uh, 1 p.m. Dolphins at Patriots. Patriots 15.5-point favorites. The Patriots win. They they are the two seed, so they need to win for that. Body. Yeah, and also uh, I think the way this year's gone, I think Belichick just wants to go and kick the shit out of the Dolphins. Give me the pads. Me too. Uh, and me too. <laughs> one p.m. Bears at Vikings. Vikings one and a half point favorites. Uh, a Vikings win ensures they're the five seed, and not the six seed, which uh, pretty big deal. Yeah, if the Seahawks lose, right? Yeah, because you want to. Be the team playing uh, the, the NFC East winner. Yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, it could be the Cowboys. It could be, but it's going to be the Eagles. Uh, yeah, one and a half points. Uh, Give me the fucking Vikings all day here. Me too. I tell you, I'm taking anyone who has something on the line. 1 p.m. Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs nine-point favorites. Chiefs win and Patriots loss gives them the two seed. So it's a- Which obviously games at the same time, so they don't know. Loss could also lead to a four seed if the Texans win. So there is a, a fair amount on the line. Uh, Chiefs one makes them so much more safe, even if the Patriots yeah, like, like if there's a bit online, nothing crazy. I, I still I'm, I'm not gonna think twice. I'm gonna take the Chiefs. The nine points are a little tricky, but well, the, there's a potential buy on the line if the Pats lose the Dolphins. Yeah, somehow. no, true. Um, uh, I am also taking the yep. Chiefs. Uh, a game with no meaning. One p.m. Browns two and a half favorites at the Bengals. Bengals. Jake Dolagala not Bengals. Starting. Give me the Bengals. Freddy Kitchens fired before he gets That's to the what locker I'm room. Thinking. If the Bengals I think this win. is the Freddy Kitchens fire game. I th- I'm I'm taking the Browns because I just it would be so pathetic for them to lose this game. It would be, it would be, <laughs> but whatever. But like at the same time, I'm putting my. You know how when we picked Ohio State Clemson, you're like I'm taking Ohio State because I want Clemson to win. So if Clemson wins, I'm happy. If Ohio State wins, at least I get this yep. point or like yep. this win. So for me, it's I'm taking the Browns. So if they win. I get I get the win. If they lose, Freddie Kitchens get fired. I'm happy either way. Fair enough. I I just want another man to lose his job. <laughs> Saints, one p.m. Saints, thirteen point favorites on the road at at the Panthers. Saints need to win for a chance. At the yeah, seed. give me New Orleans. I'm not thinking twice about that. Me too. Will Griff four. Yeah, one p one p.m. Falcons at Bucks. Bucks one point favorites. Nothing on the line. Although James Winston's thirty and thirty season. Yeah, uh, give me Tampa just for the sake of. <laughs> picking James Winston. This is like, although, again, nothing on the line. Both these teams have played fun football the last couple of weeks. Like, it's a kind of... No one should be watching this game, but at the same time, it's kind of... Like, it's going to be entertaining. There's going to be a close yeah. game. I, I, I love watching James Winston play football. Especially on Saturdays. So, but, get, yeah, give me the box. 425. Colts, four and a half point favorites of the Jags. Nothing on the line except Doug Marone's job. Yeah, and that, But he should be fired either Colts. way. Yeah, I like your you're you're just taking the team, uh, picking against the team whose coach should be fired. Yeah, so it's far. it's meaning or fired coaches that I've been doing. Smart, smart. I'm taking the Colts as well. Go Frank Reich. I just watched the 100 greatest games. His his Bills Titans comeback or Oilers, I should say, comeback was on it. And I mean, it's the best. 425 Eagles four and a half point favorites at the Giants. Eagles win. They are the four seed in the playoffs, so they win in their. Uh, own. It feels like classic for one of these teams to fuck this up somehow but i'm taking philly me too uh, it would just be so pathetic if they lose their way out of the playoffs somehow pressure gets fired <laughs> yes smart uh 425 cardinals 
at Rams. Rams seven and a half point favorites. Cardinals. Kyler's Kyler's I, I I think questionable. He's making it sound like he'll be playing. Yeah, I think he. I agree. I think he's gonna play. Give me Arizona. Uh, the Rams are stinky. I'm taking the Cardinals for the same reason I took them against Seahawks. These NFC West games are always strange. Week seventeen. Neither team has been like great whatsoever. Yeah. But the the Cardinals at least have some hope going for it. But the Rams have like Wade Phillips probably getting fired. Like that's how bad this Rams season has gone. Yeah, Arizona was like my lock of the week last week. Um, so I'm not I'm not going against them again. Four twenty five Steelers two point favorites at the Ravens. Ravens playing a lot of backups. Steelers win and a Titans loss gets the Steelers. This is there. for you, Rob. I'm picking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you. I am too. <clears throat> but I think the Titans are going to win anyway, so it won't matter. 425, Titans three and a half point favorites at the Texans. Titans win and they're in. Texans will know whether or not they're playing for a higher seed by the time this game That's happens. a bit of an So issue. that could impact them playing backups. Bill O'Brien didn't play backups, what was it, last year? Yeah. When he could have. So that's just, it's a really interesting. Yeah, maybe these two games should have been at 1 o'clock. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not the schedule maker. Guess what, Rob? It's for you. I'm picking the Texans. I'm taking the Titans. I don't think. I I I I I don't. I just I think the Titans, especially they seem like, hungry. They 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 do. They seem like one of those teams who just they want it. The Texans are likely the four seed no matter yeah. what. Titans but win. They're I, in. I, Mike Vrabel gets them fired. I know up. Houston like they 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 won last week, but they didn't look great. I I think they need need to show something this game. That's true. They have struggled, uh, even though they've beaten good teams, and they're obviously going to be what, uh, ten and six or eleven and five. Um, but they, they're kind of you don't expect a lot of them going into the yeah. Playoff. And like uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, I don't know about what what what's the mind of Bob. But if if I'm Bob, I don't want the Titans in the playoffs. The rapper? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just I've, I've every time you call him Bob, I feel like making that joke. So. No, no, I'm talking about the the Outcast song, Bombs Over Baghdad. Actually, sorry. Uh, well, I mean, that's of the three BOBs, that's easily the best. best. One. <laughs> okay, let's rank the BOBs quick. Bombs over Baghdad, the second choice of the hard ones. Well, I don't know. As a big Weezer fan, and when BOB mm-hmm. worked with Rivers Cuomo on it's magic, magic, ma-, like that kind of locks okay, in. You know Bill O'Brien's never worked with anyone from that's Weezer. True. Okay, I'm going to agree with you. That's my uh, one, two, three. Anyways. <laughs> I think Houston wants to win the game. I heard they should, at least. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the Texans. Thank you. Four twenty-five. It'd be so great when the Texans win, but the Steelers lose to the Ravens. That's probably what's gonna happen. Gonna That's love that. Yeah. Uh, Four twenty-five. Raiders at Broncos. Broncos three and a half point favorites. The Raiders win, and the Steelers and Titans lose. The Raiders Look, are in. I, I said it earlier. I'm picking teams with consequence. I'm picking the Raiders. Me too. I, you know what? Part of me wants them to make the playoffs over my Steelers. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know. Josh Jacobs has got like a leg infection now, which is kind of weird. That's going to be yeah. something to watch. Uh, they also said he had the fastest surgery of all time. I don't know. Is that, that a good is. thing? I don't know. 425, Washington at Cowboys. Cowboys 10.5 point favorites. Cowboys win, Eagles lost. Cowboys make I, playoffs. I feel like Dallas is going to fuck this up. Me too. I'm taking Washington. I like that. I'm not. I, I, again, I'm picking for consequence. I, I'm picking the Cowboys. But. I I still think the Eagles are going to win, so it won't Me too. matter. I, I, I don't even think Washington's going to win. I just cover. think they'll yeah, cover. Yeah, no, I, I like that. But, uh, I agree, but I'm I'm picking Dallas. 49ers, Sunday Night Football. 49ers at Seahawks. Niners, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. We're going to be 
Oh, a uh, uh, win wins the division. We're gonna be just recovering from a hangover. I'm gonna be my anxiety's gonna be at all time high. I had zero hope, and now Marshawn's back. I'm gonna be stupid and pick the Seattle Seahawks. I'll be taking the four. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's a smart pick, but no, the Seahawks could win this game. Marshawn's running for 150. I am, so I love Marshawn. Marshawn, how how can you not? Marshawn's one of the funnest players. It's so amazing that he is ending his career in Seattle. One of my favorite players to not be a Steeler ever. Fair enough. Anyway, that's it for us. Uh, Catch us next week when we we talk uh, week 17. When we're both probably incredibly sad. Yeah, probably. Uh, so follow me on Twitter at jmarkus13. Follow me at Rob Paul NFL, uh, and enjoy bowl season. <laughs>